mount of crucifixion, fountains open deep and wide, through the floodgates of God's mercy, flow the vast and gracious tide, grace and love like mighty rivers, poured in from above, heaven's peace and perfect justice, kiss the guilty world in well, good morning. Welcome to Mercy Poured Forth. My name is Shell Wagner, and I'm so glad you came to join me today. I'm looking already at the comments, and um, I see Kat here and Rivka. I'm so glad you get to join us this morning. We have I've missed you too. I've been thinking about you and praying for you, praying your trip is going well. Um, so good to see everyone, Asia and uh, Helen and um, James and Lee and my brother Lee. So good to see everybody. So, you know, I've been doing something a little bit different with um, Laura Lee. Um, her show is 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 different and then it she's really trying to minister to those that have been through trauma and um, are trying to recover from that as they are learning to walk with Yah. And so it really just had my uh, attention lately is I've been studying things to try to, you know, help uh, get that show going and get a, um, a group going on our telegram that really can just minister to those that have been through trauma. So as I was thinking about it, I was like, I wonder if I can find this in the scripture, literally trauma. When I was reading one of my books, and I think it was this one, something that I checked, checked out of the uh, library trauma and the 12 steps. I've been going through it a little bit. I believe it was this particular book where it sparked my uh, interest in this because it was talking about um, the fact that the word um, trauma is wound, a wound, and that it's a Greek word. And so uh, that, that the that it comes from a Greek word, the word wound, and the Greek word literally is trauma. So that Greek word trauma uh, means like a serious, let me add this to the screen that got, you guys can see what I'm looking at, um, a serious injury to the, to the body as from physical violence or an accident, severe emotional or mental distress caused by an experience, an experience that causes severe anxiety or emotional uh, distress. So the word is a wound. And I found when I looked this up in the scripture, there was only one place that this particular Greek word was used in the scriptures, and it is in the story of the Good Samaritan. So I thought we would read that this morning. That's where we're going to start. And that's found in Luke 10, 25. It says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him saying, Rabbi, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, what is written in the Torah? How do you read it? Right? And he answered, said, you shall love Yahuwah Eloheka with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said unto him, you have answered right. This do and you shall live. 
But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Yahusha, hmm, Who is my neighbor? And Yahusha answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his remnant and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest, okay, a, a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So this man was literally, literally of the tribe of Levi that served in the Kohanim priesthood function, okay? And he saw this man laying there and he said, mm -mm, not touching it. I'm literally going to go to the other side of the street and try to pretend I didn't just see what I saw because I don't have time for this, right? Or whatever his excuse was. I'm That's just me guessing, right? Okay. So, okay. So he passed by on the other side and likewise now a, a Levi. So he's distinguishing this first one was literally uh, Levite priesthood. The second one is just a, a part of the tribe of Levi. Okay. And likewise, the Levi, when he was at the place, came, looked on him and passed by on the other side. Another one said, nope, I'm not messing with that. Don't have time for that. Not getting involved, right? See no evil, hear no evil, uh, because no trouble, right? So, I mean, you wonder, um, you, you know, is it fear that motivates that a refusal to even look upon someone who is suffering and hurt and in need of assistance, you know, fear that whoever hurt him may target me next or just that I can't be bothered or, you know, whatever the excuse was only, only y'all knows. Right. But, but they chose to go to the other side, but a certain Shamroni. Now, who are the Shamroni? So the Shamroni, it's just like the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the, the well, right? And this is generally thought because this is generally thought to be the, uh, what was still remaining the remnants of the 12, of the 10 tribes that were scattered and taken into captivity uh, by Assyria, right? And they were considered dogs within the, the uh, household of Judah or the Southern kingdom, right? And so this is Yahusha's example, but a certain Shomroni, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and he went to him and bound up his wounds. So when you look at that word in the Greek, it was he bound up his trauma, okay? Pouring in oil, and wine, and he set him on his own beast, right? He said, you know, I'm going to put this man up on my own beast of burden. I'm not going to ride myself, but I'm going to put, give him my place and brought him to an inn and he took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took two pence and gave them to the host and said to him, take care of him and whatsoever you spend more. When I come back through town again, I will repay you. I'm going to pay this man's bill, right? So Yahushua's question is, which now of these three examples do you think was a neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. 
Then said Yahusha unto him, go and do likewise. Okay. So I like to look when I find something interesting like that um, in the Greek or the Hebrew, I like to go see, okay, well, if I found it in Greek, can I find it in Hebrew? If I find it in Hebrew, can I find it in Greek? So that we get a continuous word of Yahusha. So this is what I did with this word trauma that I found in the Greek. I looked for a corresponding uh, reference in the Hebrew. And here's what I found. The word is koli or holy, right? And it is H2483 in the Brown Driver Briggs. I'm, I put it up here in the pictograph because that's what I study all the time. It's a het, a lamed, and a yod. Okay. So when I looked in the Brown Driver Briggs, it just means sickness. This is all it tells me. Um, holy, the, the wound, there has been a division, okay, um, by a an authority, all right, of the right hand. There's been some kind of, of division that was done by, by a hand, by someone's works, by someone's deeds that had authority, okay, and it's caused some type of division, okay, separation, and it's described as a sickness. So here's where we find this. In Isaiah 1, starting in verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For Yahweh has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his owner and the ass his master's crib. But Yasharel does not know. My people do not consider a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken Yahweh. They have provoked the Holy One of Yasharel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. This is this word, holy. The whole head is wounded and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Now, in this case, the word sick is holy and the word wounds is petsa. Okay, it is H6482. Okay, you can see it here in the pictograph. It's a pay, a zadi, and an ayin. Okay, all right. So it's, you know, the breath, the words have hooked. You know, you've been, uh, whatever words have been spoken, whatever has been breathed in that direction has hooked a man and it's put him on his side. And now he's like vulnerable to this, sight to this all-seeing eye represented, you know, like, like the eye of Horus, the eye of Egypt, right? <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad this is interesting. I really do appreciate that. Sometimes I forget to even look over and see the comments. And, and I know I can be a little long-winded for mercy poured pour forth, but I hope you guys do enjoy it. All right. So Petsa. All right. So going further, I looked at this and I thought, okay, let's look and see where else. Here it is in Isaiah 53. 
And of course, this is talking about Yahusha, right? It was the prophetic of what was going to happen with our Savior. It says he is despised. I'm starting in verse three, Isaiah 53, three. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. It's just like those that were that were on saw the man who had been traumatized, wounded, right? The people didn't want to see it. They just passed him by until someone with compassion, the, the Shamri, <laughs> had compassion on him, right? So we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. We didn't even think it was important, right? Surely he has borne our griefs. That word is holy. It's our wounds. It's our traumas. He himself has borne our traumas. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of Elohim and afflicted. Other translations call sorrows griefs. The sorrow and the griefs are wounds to the limbic brain, the seat of our emotions. So in this book that I was showing you guys that I've been reading, um, there's this picture of the brain right here. And it's talking about there's different parts of our brain that handle different things. There's a neocortex, which is like our logical brain. It says, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, five, you know, five follows four, right? It, it's logical. Okay. And then there's a, um, and it asks the question that, that neocortex part of our brain asks the question, Hey, what can I learn from this experience? It's just a very like black and white type thing, you know, very kind of scientific, you know, learning, right? Okay. So then there's the limbic brain. It's, it's described as a mammalian. It's your, it's where your emotions live. It's the seed of the emotions. It asks the questions like, am I loved? Am I cared for? Do I matter in this life? Right. And there's that part of it in our brain right there. And it's asking those things. And then there's the brain stem, which is um, a part. That's where that like fright the things that happened and you're just like frozen or the fight, I'm going to fight this out and try to save myself. Your, your survival instincts are there. Fight, uh, flight or freeze, right? Those are the three things that happen there. It's basically that part of your brain that's always saying, am I safe in this situation that I am in? Right? So I found that interesting. Okay. So the sorrow and griefs are wounds to the limbic part of our brain, the seat of our emotions. In Jeremiah 6, it says, Ye children of Benjamin, gather yourselves to flee out of the midst of Jerusalem and blow the shofar into Koa, set up a sign of fire and bet ha Hakarim, for evil appears out of the north and great destruction. I've likened the daughter of Zion to a comely and delicate woman. The shepherds with their flock shall come unto her. They shall pitch their tents against her roundabout. They shall feed everyone in this place. Okay, this part of scripture is dealing with the fact that Jeremiah is saying, listen, because of the sin that 
Yasharel has fallen into, they are about to get into big trouble with their enemies and Yah is allowing it. Okay. So it says, continuing on, prepare ye war against her, arise, let us go up at noon. Woe unto us for the day goes away for the shadows of the evening are stretched out. Arise, let us go up by night and let us destroy her palaces. Here's what I wanted to get to. For thus has Yahweh Zavaot said, hew you down trees and cast a mount against Jerusalem. This is the city to be visited. She's holy oppression in the midst of her. What's he saying? What has brought this on? Okay. He's saying oppression. What is Yerushalayim guilty of that has opened her up to be able to be attacked in such a way by her enemies? What has caused the hand of Yah's protection to remove itself, right? Okay. It is, this word is Oshek. It's uh, injury, fraud. So she is guilty of causing injury, of, of dealing with others in a fraud, fraudulent manner. Um, she has distressed others. She has practiced unjust gain. She has been cruel. She has used extortion to get what she wanted to. She has gotten the things that she has gotten deceitfully, right? So this is what he's dealing with. So he says, this is the land. This is what she's become. This is what this nation is practicing. Right. And so he says, now this is, this is what happens. Okay. Because of her practicing oppression towards others as a fountain cast out her waters. So she cast out her wickedness, violence and spoil is heard in her before me continually is grief and wounds. She is causing grief, trauma. That's holy. She's causing trauma and she's causing wounds. In this case, this word wounds is makah. All right. In the brown driver blades, you it's um, a blow, a wound, a slaughter, a stripe, a beating, a scourging, a defeat, a conquest, a plague. She's literally sending out plagues on others, right? And Yah says, and I'm not going to put up with it. <laughs> he doesn't put up with this kind of behavior. All right. So continuing to look at this. Oh, I'm going to be long again. I'm sorry. I, it's not too much longer. <laughs> Right. We do. We do, Kat. This is such a good, a good comment um, that uh, thank you. Thank you, Asia. I really appreciate that. And then Kat is saying, too, when we hurt others, we hurt ourselves. It is absolutely true. Right. All right. So Jeremiah 10. Hear ye the word which Yahweh speaks unto you, O house of Yasharil. Thus says Yahweh, learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cuts a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. For as much as there is none like unto you, O Yah Yahweh, you are great 
and your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? For to you does it appertain, for as much as among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like all like unto you. But they are altogether brutish and foolish. Their tree that they decked with silver and gold and fastened with nails and hammers, right? Their tree is a doctrine of vanities, okay? Silver spread into plates is brought from Tarshish and gold from Ufaz, the work of the workmen and of the hands of the founder. Blue and purple is their clothing. They are all the work of cunning men. What are they doing? They're they're draping themselves as if they are royalty, as if they are they are up here and everyone else is down here, right? They're setting up a caste system. Okay, but Yahweh is the Elohim of truth. He is the living Elohim and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble and the nation shall not be able to abide his indignation right? There's no nation that's going to survive it. When he decides he's had enough, there's no nation that can stand up to his indignation. Thus shall ye say unto them, the Elohim that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens, the little e Elohim, right? They didn't make the earth. <laughs> no matter what we get told in the near to come, uh, foolishness that's going to be spouted by this world system to try to hoodwink people into uh, apostasy, right? <laughs> None of that's true. Yah is the creator. Okay. So in Jeremiah 10, 12, he has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens by his discretion. When he utters his voice, there's a multitude of waters in the heavens and he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightnings with rain and brings forth the wind out of his treasures. Every man is brutish in his knowledge. Every founder is confounded by graven image for his molten image is falsehood and there's no breath in them. Their vanity and the work of errors and the time of their visitation, they shall perish. The portion of Yaakov, right? The portion of Yaakov is not like them, for he is the former of all things, and Yasharel is the rod of his inheritance. Yahweh Zavaot is his name. Yahweh, the host of all the angel armies, is his name. Gather up your wares out of the land, O inhabitant of the fortress, for thus says Yahweh. Okay, this is really what I wanted to get to right here. For thus says Yahweh, behold, I will sling out the inhabitants of the land at this once and will distress them that they might find it so. Woe is me for my hurt. This is Yahweh speaking. My wound is grievous. He's saying this apostasy, this worshiping of the idols, this setting up of the tree, you know, and, and what the nations, what the leaders, the world system have done to people, you know, uh, uh, hurting them. 
it has wounded me. This is what Yah is saying. You have wounded me. Woe is me for my hurt. My wound is grievous. But I said, truly, this is a grief. This is a coli. This is a trauma. And I must bear it. My tabernacle is spoiled and all my cords are broken. My children are gone forth of me and they are not. There's none to stretch forth my tent anymore and to set up my curtains. For the pastors are become brutish and have not sought Yahweh. Therefore, they shall not prosper and all their flocks shall be scattered. This is what happened to us, right? And we are scattered into the nations right now. But look what else he has to say here. Look in Zechariah 13. In that day, in the day when he comes to set it straight, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. And it shall come to pass in that day, says Yahweh Zavaot, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land and they shall no more be remembered. And also I will cause the prophets and the unclean Ruach to pass out of the land. And it shall come to pass that when any shall yet prophesy, then his father and his mother that begat him shall say unto him, you shall not live for you speak lies in the name of Yahweh. And his father and mother that begat him shall thrust him through when he prophesies. And it shall come to pass in that day that the prophet shall be ashamed every one of his vision when he has prophesied, neither shall they wear a rough garment to deceive any more right? But he shall say, I'm no prophet. I'm a husbandman for man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. And one shall say unto him, what are these wounds in your hands? Then he shall answer those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow says, Yahweh Zavaot, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered and I will turn my hand upon the little ones and it shall come to pass that in all the land, says Yahweh, two parts therein shall be cut off and die. This is what we're coming into right now. But the third shall be left therein and I will bring the third part through the fire and I will refine them as silver is refined, and I will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them, and I will say, this is my people. And they shall say, Yahweh Elohai. Right? This is what he's desiring to bring into us. You know, we do suffer trauma in this life. And many as a, of us have, right? Many as a, and, and we suffer trauma for our choices to just be in fellowship with Yahweh. And, and we are wounded for his sake, you know, all day long sometimes. We have the fellowship. Paul told us what he, he suffered, you know, but when we see him, it will not matter one bit. We share, as we share in those traumas, those wounds, those sufferings inflicted upon us for his name's sake, 
right? What we are doing is our flesh is being crucified and our spirit is growing in, in knowledge and wisdom and understanding and every good thing he has for us. It's growing in the fear of Yah. And that's what's happening to us as our, it's, he must increase, I must decrease, right? That's what happens as those wounds are inflicted and we continuously take them to him because he says, bring all your troubles unto me because I care for you. I care about your sorrows. I care about what's happening to you. Bring them to me. He suffered a great deal to he took on humanity and suffered for us to bring us into right relationship with him. And we suffer in the flesh to decrease the flesh and increase the Ruach so that we may grow closer to, to him. It's a divine dance of reconciliation. And we are so fortunate to be able to partake in that divine dance, right? Uh, we are special to him. We are Segula. We are a treasure unto him. We are the jewels on the high breastplate, right? That is on his heart that he wears right where the seat of his compassion is at, right? For us. All right. I am so glad that you guys enjoyed this. I, I love being with you with you guys. And, um, I, I pray the same thing, Asia, keep us on the narrow path. Oh, so thank you so much. I think I appreciate that, Helen. I, I, I appreciate you. The kind words, they mean a lot to me and it encourages me. And I'm so glad you guys are, uh, came to join me today. And we've got some good stuff coming up today, uh, at heart of the tribe. Uh, the ladies and I, We'll be back at 1 p.m. EST. So in just a, a few hours, three hours from now, um, Lee Carruthers from the River and the Ravens and uh, Catherine Hood from Blood of the Lamb Ministries and uh, Melissa McIntyre from uh, her and her husband, Chris, have out of Africa. Right. So we'll all be together and we're really we're going to start talking about um, the seven uh deadly sins. Uh, Kat's got a really interesting way to get us started. She's leading this study. We're going to be on this study for a little bit. Today's just going to be our introduction. I know even for the portion that I'm looking at, I can barely scratch the surface of it. And, and I've got quite a bit to share. And I know the other ladies do too. And, and I'm really interested to hear what all they have to share with us today. So I hope you'll come back and join us for that. And I um, hope you have a wonderful day. All right. Bye-bye for now. On the Mount of Crucifixion Fountains open deep and wide Through the floodgates of God's mercy Float a vast and gracious tide. Grace and love like mighty rivers. Word and from above. And heaven's peace and perfect justice. Kiss the guilty world in 